0: Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins and this is Life After MLM. A podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. What are the benefits at platinum? I mean, I know like Just we the- we're not bound by the FTC's rules here because we're not trying to recruit anybody into this scheme, but sure. What, what are the, what are the benefits that they say when you hit platinum that you're going to get?
1: Okay. Well, they, so actually they don't claim like a fake income amount. I feel like one thing that my upline was good at was making sure people understand that your pay came, like you have to do the math of the compensation plan and that's where your money comes from. So they wouldn't say like, when you go platinum and you definitely make this. It was like, if you go platinum through this many legs and there's this volume flowing, then you're going to make around this. But anyways, the expectation, if you had a good structure, so like enough width was that you'd make about $2,500 a month at platinum. And that's, that's just monthly. There were also some bonuses and stuff that would kick in annually. And there was like a free trip that was actually a free trip, by the way, I, I have to tell you, and the one I went on was to San Diego. So.
0: And everything was paid for?
1: Everything. Like, wow. My flight was paid for. Like somebody from Amway called us and said, which airport do you want to fly out of? And what time of day do you want your flight to be? Wow. I mean, I had to get myself to the local airport, but like, that's not a problem. There was transportation from the airport to the hotel. They gave us meals. They gave us like money for activities in the area. It was a hundred percent free.
0: Now, is that the same? Like, is, does every, or was that just the platinum trip?
1: Um, That was for new Platinums and so it's, that was a newer thing that it was new Platinums, but it was for people who were qualified at the Platinum level for all 12 months of a year. Platinum only had to be six months out of the year. But anyway, so that trip was basically for people at that level for either six or 12 months. And there are other trips that I'm, I would assume are also truly free given that that one was truly free. So I'm
0: I'm curious if they have, do they have like a big cruise or anything like that? Like
1: no cruise yearly.
0: No. I'm wondering. I'm wondering how many of their trips are airfare and everything paid for.
1: Well, I think if there all of them
0: are. If like just there. the special like recruitment.
1: No, no. I, pages. I think They. I have no idea if the diamond trip, if the airfare is paid for. I think they pay for coach airfare, and then a lot of people opt to go first class. Um. So obviously, you're paying for that upgrade. But I, I do think that they're paying the airfare but they just don't, they don't do a lot of the flashy, like free trips and they don't do a car allowance or anything like that. For the most part, it's just like you get your, you get paid. So
0: now how often when you were in, were you urged to recruit and build your downline?
1: Oh, I mean, that was the entire business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I figured, but I just yeah, wanted to was, ask.
1: There was absolutely zero pretense that you were going to have an ongoing income from selling products to customers. That was how how much could
0: you make? Even if you were like, even if you were killing it selling products a month, like how much could you make a month selling just products if you never recruited anybody?
1: I mean, I guess it depends on how much you were selling. Like, for example, there were a couple of product lines. There was like this one thing that people marketed to farmers. I don't know, something that made, it, it made the soil like hold more water. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. I've never lived in a, in a rural area, but it was, that was like big money. And so if you knew a farmer who would buy that, like then you were making, I don't know, the profit on that was probably like a thousand per sale per month. So, I mean, there were a, there were a handful of people that would go after like corporate accounts or things like that and couldn't make some consistent money. But that was extraordinarily rare to have people doing that. So, I mean, I definitely, um, I had people on my team that had some really consistent customer, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They had some consistent customers buying things every month. And, you know, they were probably making a few hundred dollars a month in profit from that. Um, But then if those people decide to go a different way and try different products, well, then that money's gone.
0: Right, so, so I mean it's of- it's pretty difficult to to make a decent income just selling the product,
1: right. no, and there was no pretense that you were gonna make any kind of livable income on just selling products. It was definitely presented that, like if you wanted an income that you could live on, if you wanted some serious options, you were gonna build a team,
0: yeah, well, okay, well, there we go. There's the recruiting part, right? <laughs> there it
1: is. You only make money if the people you recruit make money. So it's not a pyramid.
0: <laughs> Except it is. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> You're like, it's only not a pyramid because your company pays so much money to the government. So the government looks the other way.
1: Totally. Totally. Um, and what's amazing to me is that I was so like willfully ignorant of how little people on my team were making. Um another another gal that I keep in touch with, and I'm very grateful that she is willing to like still keep in touch with me because I feel like she feels she feels very very wronged by the business as she should but um like and I worked directly helping her, and she did everything right she followed all the things that she was coached to do she bought you know she lived at home spent shit tons of money on product um tried to sponsor people through no fault of her own. Like all of her friends that already would have gotten in were in her upline, you know? They had already contacted everyone that that she knew. Anyway, she was in for a number of years and never made more than 200 in a month. And like spent so much built, you know, spent so much paying to play that she couldn't even move out of her parents' house till she quit.
0: It's unfortunate. Like those stories are so common. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. And she did nothing wrong. But, you know, if you ask someone higher up, like, well, why didn't that work for her? Well, she just needed to stick with it longer, you know, or she needed to have a more positive attitude about it or something. Like it's it's just bullshit.
0: But we all know it's systemically designed for people to fail. Right. So there's nothing better she could have done. She was checking every single box, playing the game the way you're supposed to play. She just wasn't high enough in the pyramid.
1: And I was just lucky that I had enough people under me that I wasn't stuck in that position.
0: Yeah.
1: Just, just, you know, it was luck, honestly. I don't know why I had people under me and she didn't, but there were so many, you know, so many people like that, good people making sacrifices that they shouldn't have actually been making and putting things on credit cards and like missing out on a social life. All for this illusion.
0: So it's nearing the end of your Amway time. You're feeling disillusioned. You and your husbands have been doing this business together for a while. Mm-hmm. What What are these final straws that, that you guys are talking about that make you decide that maybe Amway is not what it appeared to be and not what you signed up for?
1: Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of them.
0: <laughs> all right. A- let him ha- Let me have them all.
1: <laughs> all right, I'm gonna, hang on. I've got one of my notes is on what is like on leaving. Hang on. Ha ha. Here we go. Okay. Here is something absolutely insane that happened. Um, My uh, okay. So diamond is like the big rank, and in LTD, I think right now there's 26 couples that have gone diamond. They haven't all stayed diamond, but this is 26 couples in LTD over like the 30 years that the the leader of LTD has even been in business. So that's not very many, but anyway. um, And I think like five or six of them were in the last couple of years. So for a while it was really slow going and like nobody was really going diamond. And, um, but our diamond upline um, was super popular within leadership team development, and really within like all of Amway. He was kind of like this golden boy and everybody, he was this great speaker and everyone wanted him to come talk at their conferences. Um, So let's see, how far back do I want to go here? Something happened where he sent a message to someone on his downline, but accidentally sent it to his entire team. Yikes. And the message was giving some extraordinarily racist coaching. Oh my God. So he was telling his, so his downline had sent him a message saying, I just sponsored this guy. You know, here's some information. Can you help me help this guy? Um, and then the Diamond Upline responded to him, but accidentally sent to everyone and basically was saying like, you need, God, I don't even want this to come out of my voice, you know? But essentially he was saying, you need to stop sponsoring Black people because they don't work this business. And I I know, it's shocking. And what happened is, so then he realized that he sent it to everybody and he like immediately had it withdrawn from the system, but like some people heard it. I did not hear it. One of my downline heard it and didn't admit it until years later. So Amway heard about this, obviously, like somebody told Amway corporate, like this happened. And they, instead of kicking him out, because like he's too valuable to them instead of kicking him out they basically said for a year you can't sponsor like you personally can't sponsor anyone so you can't really do anything in your business and like don't work with your team whatever now we didn't know why this was happening to him and so we're all on, like you know we're like team greg you know we're we're behind you we believe in you we don't know why they're doing this to you anyways in that year he kind of he kind of changed you know like and he was married by the way he was married they had some kids um And during that year when they weren't really like allowed to do things, of course, they were still working with some of the people on their team anyway. He ended up having an affair with a married woman in his downline and broke up their marriage.
0: So when he couldn't work his business, he found out the things to do?
1: guess so. So, and I don't even know if that, he might've even been like back, like reinstated by then. I don't know. But it was, that was sort of like what laid the groundwork, I think was like that weird time. And, and his wife was like pregnant with their fifth kid when this was happening. So, um, my immediate upline married her upline who was personally sponsored by this guy. Okay. So I'm very closely connected with all of this. Um, and so when he got busted, basically, I think like his wife busted him and then she confided in a different downline and, Anyways, so then like some people confront him and he would not come clean. And he was like, like making himself out to be a victim and just a whole bunch of nonsense. So at that point, my upline was so, she had, I mean, they had a huge team, but she was so disenchanted that she like kind of snuck me some secrets. Like she kind of dished some negative to me and I heard some things and I was like, oh wow, that's really something. Um, But that, that didn't like make me leave. But I just remember being like, well, there's the honesty.
0: It's like in Mean Girls when Gretchen Wieners gets mad and she starts like, <laughs> sp- like she's not even that and that. And she's just like goes off and like spreads all the dark secrets. It's a total Gretchen Wieners thing.
1: Totally. That is exactly, exactly what it was like. Um, so that was a big thing that sort of, oh, and so then, you know, the, they would always talk about like it's Camelot and, you know, You'll never find a group of people that says, you know, good to each other as this business. Well, so then, so the, the, okay. So the guy whose wife cheated with the diamond, his name was Dan. I don't want to give like all the names, you know, but anyway, so Dan.
0: This is enough so we can all follow along. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Not enough so people like know who I'm talking about if they don't already know. So Dan goes to the head of leadership team development and says, like this diamond cheated like you know was with my wife and like is breaking up my marriage and all the diamonds like met and talked about it and decided that it would be too damaging to like everyone else's like all the little people's dreams if Greg was like publicly discredited for doing this so basically for a year he didn't speak at any conferences and like that was his entire punishment his team unless they heard about it from one of the few people in the know. No one on his team, no one else ever knew. And so he's still like this royalty. And he's this garbage human in my opinion. And there's still he and his wife are still and married. And you
0: decide I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So you and your husband, I'm assume, have a a discussion about this.
1: I mean, we honestly I feel like people just fade away. So one like when you really quit you really quit when you stop going to the conferences, like you might still buy products, you might still sell products, but like when you stop going to the conferences, that's when you stop letting the brainwashing own you.
0: Right. When you're no longer getting like your indoctrination on the regular.
1: So a couple of things that happen. So I kind of left first because with my second kid being born and being, you know, he had some medical difficulties, like I said, and my postpartum anxiety, Um, and like, we weren't making that much money and we, I wasn't working a job either. Like I was a stay-at-home mom and my husband wasn't making very much in his job. So hiring childcare was getting really just like, no, we can't. Oh, and my second kid wouldn't take pumped milk. So anyways, high maintenance child. Um, so I stopped going to everything. Like I was still going to some things, but I was tying in less and less. And then, um, mm -mm -mm -mm, and he was still going so he was still like all in and then he actually so he is now a police officer but he wasn't when we got started and i didn't even know this when we got married but it was like his lifelong dream to be a cop <laughs> like things you should tell your spouse before you marry them but anyway so he was going for that job and ended up starting um and of course you know you don't really control your shift when you are starting out so his schedule was gonna be like working evenings, working weekends. And so he wasn't gonna be able to tie in anymore. And what's so interesting is, as much as they're down on jobs, even like doctors, lawyers, whatever, they're like, oh, you're a slave to your job. They have so much respect for police and military. It's weird. Like, it's honestly just bizarre. So he didn't get any crap for, it, he was like revered for taking this job, even though it meant he wasn't gonna be able to come to all the meetings and stuff. So I think that was sort of the beginning of the end for him. And I was already one foot out and I don't know. I mean, I don't know that there was a day that I would say we were like officially out versus not, I don't know. It was a really slow fade.
0: I, I only asked because I've heard some really horror stories about couples trying to leave Amway and one spouse, being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And the other spouse being like, well, then you might as well file for divorce because I'm going to do this. Wow. Yeah, there's some pretty crazy horror stories on like Reddit uh, that I found when I was researching the marriage ties in Amway and like how deep they go. And so it's, it's interesting and also great to hear that you didn't go through that because there are definitely people out there that are going through that.
1: Yeah. No, I think that, you know, we both were like, hesitant to share our doubts with each other because it was like when I was doubtful he wasn't when he was doubtful I wasn't and so it was always like well one of us needs to keep it going but I think also it's easier like because we were many months we were making money and so if we were just going backwards I could understand how that could if one person's like no I believe it and we have you know sunk cost and we got to stick it out and the other person's like we're hemorrhaging money we got to go I could understand that for sure Um, But I think because we were making money and I was doing a lot with selling products for a while um, and I enjoyed that. So I don't know, like there, it wasn't really a fight over it. It was like, Oh, well, you know, you need to stop doing this to focus on your new career. Cool. You know, I'll run, I'll run things as I see fit. And, and it was fine. But then, you know, once he'd, I think once we'd both been out for a while, um, and our brains were just getting a little bit more clear, then it was like, okay, it's really not important for me to prioritize, you know, going to this thing or, or spending money I shouldn't be spending on products I don't need.
0: <laughs> Did you experience any excommunication or shunning when you left?
1: No. Um, and I know that that's rare. I think that Amway doesn't really do that the way that other MLMs do. Um, I actually know of a lot of circumstances where people like leave and come back years later. So I think that's sort of the fantasy is this person's leaving and they're going to live in the real world and then they're going to miss it and come back. So there's not really excommunication. And also like I was sponsored in business by a close friend. And so, you know, she, she didn't take it personally that I needed to like focus on mothering and letting my husband have his career and whatnot.
0: There's so many weird little things like this in MLMs. It's so funny. They're so juicy.
1: Cause it would just ruin the whole illusion, if people were accountable for what they've done, so okay, that was one thing. Another thing that was a big um, that like really kind of outed me mentally when i I had my first kid when I was like actively building the business, um, and it wasn't really he was a super easy baby. It wasn't hard to have you know babysitters and stuff to still go to all the events when I had my second baby. Um, he was medically complicated at first. He's completely fine now, but it was like, there was just a lot going on those first few months. And I also had really bad postpartum anxiety and the toxic positivity was like making it worse. Cause like I'm constantly around these people and I can't be authentic that I'm really struggling. And like, I was really struggling. My husband didn't really understand it. I just didn't have anywhere that I felt like I could go. And so what I started doing was like making actual friendships, being my actual self with people that I was like, well, there's no way I'm ever going to talk to that person about the business because I really need some people that I can just be real with and not be worried about what they think of me. Um, and so that was like, wow, having real authentic relationships. Like I miss that. And I need that for my mental health.
0: And so, where did you find these people?
1: In Facebook mom groups.
0: Facebook mom groups.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, and truly some of my, some of my best friends now I've met in like literally this one Facebook mom group that it went to the dark side. So nobody should go to it, but that's where most of my friendships nowadays started from. Um, So that was another thing. What else? What else? When we went platinum in 2010, so platinum is a six month thing that you have to hit a certain it's approximately like $20,000 to $25,000 being spent through your whole team in a month on products.
0: For six months in a row.
1: Yeah. That's when you go platinum. So the first month, it's very easy when you're, cause you're, you know, your upline's been building it up and you've been building it up and your team is excited and everyone knows their goals. And if they're a little shy at the end of the month, that's okay. They'll just order a little extra, whatever you know, in the second month, it's not, not quite as easy, but people are still excited and it's there. And then by like the third month, people are like, this is unsustainable for me. Like, like, cause people's teams weren't growing as fast as they needed to be to backfill the volume. Anyway. Okay. This is another eyeball popper. I don't remember which of the months, but I mean, long story short, we hit all six out of six months because we had committed to our upline and we were going to figure it out because winners find a way and losers find excuses. And, um, one of the months, okay. So around a couple of years prior, um, my grandparents had passed and they were successful and all the grandkids got some inheritance. You know, where this is going.
0: I was like, Oh no, I know exactly yeah, where so this is going.
1: I don't remember the exact numbers, but you know, we were, a couple thousand points shy, which is probably about $5,000-ish. So at least one month we spent that much on, not just like, we had already purchased our products that we were going to use that month. And so this was like above and beyond. And my upline even coached me. She's like, what Amway Corporate will call you to ask about this, because, you know, this looks like it's breaking the 70% rule of like, you can't have more than 30% of your product be inventory." She's like, you know, so you need to be prepared for that phone call. And here are some ways that people have handled that in the past. Like, oh,
0: so this is. Here's some ways around the the rule you're breaking. We'll call them, I don't know, loopholes.
1: But also like, oh, so everybody experiences this when they're going platinum. Yeah, that's the other
0: thing too. It's like a lot of people have had to do this. Here's some tips and tricks.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Exactly people have had to do this. So that was in, you know, 2010.
0: So what were the tips and tricks? Do you remember?
1: I mean, I think what we came up with was I was going to say that there was like this big, like bridal event that I was hosting a table at and I was having products on hand to sell. And I would make sure to, you know, do the paperwork to show that I sold them.
0: And did you ever get that phone call? Yeah. Oh, wow. So they really did follow up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're on it.
1: It was a common occurrence. I'm sure. Um, actually another, another couple, not on my team. So I am still friends with my upline. Um, I, it's important to me to, I mean, she is a good person caught up in a horrible system. And I think she's just convinced herself that it's good. And if she ever changes her mind about it, I would like for her to still have a friend. You know, and and
0: she's going to need a friend that understands when she gets out too.
1: So we were recently hanging out like a few months ago and um, there's a particular flavor of an energy drink that like I really loved and everyone on my team really loved anyway. And so I was over there and she's like, oh, do you want this? I have a bunch extra, this other couple in a different part of their team. She's like, yeah, they bought a case that they're working through. And I was like a case, like 12 cans. Why are they working through 12 cans? And she's like, oh, not a case. I mean, a pallet
0: like a case of cases.
1: Yes. So you, and, and I, actually, I tried to look up the cost of energy I, drink. Yeah. I think they stopped selling them by the pallet, but they used to sell them by the pallet to like the cruise industry and stuff like that. That's like some of those corporate accounts that some people would have if they were doing this as a sales gig. So anyways, this couple, like an ordinary two adult households bought an entire pallet of it. Now the timing of this would indicate to me that they did it because they were probably about 1500 or 2000 points shy of the volume they needed for platinum that month.
0: So probably garage qualify,
1: (laughs) totally garage qualified handing out excess to everybody. That's what it's, that's what it's
0: called. Anyway. So they're like in our two car garage, we have one car and one pallet of energy drinks.
1: Yes, exactly. So we had done this in 2010. And then a bunch of people on our team quit, um, reasonably so, because we had been pressuring the hell out of everybody. And it was like, your worth is your word and your word is your worth. And you said you'd, you know, you said that you'd help us do this. And oh my God, it was awful. We, I hated it. We're like treating these people like they're numbers. And I didn't want to do it, but I promised my upline and I felt like I had to keep that promise. So Anyway, so as the years go by, and we keep, we keep getting recognized in meetings as having gone platinum, but we're not platinum, we're not making anywhere near the money that we've been making, um, and we're like, wow, this is really weird that like, no, like, so if we're still recognized as platinums, how many other people are still recognized for things that they're not qualified as anymore? And so that was you're like, well, that's weird and wrong.
0: So it was like something that they, that they said about you, that wasn't true, that bothered you, that triggered you to think I yeah. can't be the only one they're doing right. this too.
1: Exactly. Um, and then years later, so this was actually, we were already pretty much out at this point, but my upline, so this is not like my immediate upline. They had, when we went platinum they were hitting emerald, which means they had three different legs that were platinums. Okay.
0: So is emerald the next rank above platinum?
1: Yeah. Basically. To get three
0: platinums under you and then you become emerald. Okay. Yeah.
1: And emeralds make, in theory, over a hundred thousand a year from their Amway business. Um, you know, and who knows how much from the leadership team development tool scam, but anyways, um, so they had gone emerald and, you know, kept being called emeralds, even though we weren't still platinums and neither was their third leg. So clearly they weren't really platinums but, or emeralds anyway. So then, um, when we had like sort of just quit, just stopped going to things, they were making their push to go diamond. And to be a diamond, you need six platinum legs. Well, we're their second leg. And I knew that we were still like second in terms of volume and structure and whatever. And like, we weren't consistently going over. So how the hell are they going to Diamond? And what ended up happening, my God. Oh, it pissed me off so much. I think this is honestly what got me into wanting to speak out. So we had gone platinum like six or seven years prior, but never, I think we, we did come back and hit it one more time because our downline was going for it. And so like her efforts- pushed us but anyway so then in order for them to go diamond you know and they were talking to us about it like they knew we weren't actively involved but you know they're like hey if you you know can be consistent about your own personal use that'd be super helpful blah 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 anyways so I was like looking at our numbers because like I still had access to it I would look at our numbers and what ended up happening is that most of the months for them going diamond um like a large order would just mysteriously make up the difference from where we were to where they needed us to be in the last hour of the month. She was buying the missing volume in our leg. And I am going to assume in legs three through six.
0: Yeah, probably because her bonus was bigger than the money she was spending to fill all the holes in her downline to get that bonus
1: in theory, I mean, maybe it wasn't even, maybe it was a wash. I have no idea, but it was, and I saw that happening and I was like, but, but also when you go diamond, I mean, you get paid trips to speak at conferences around the world. And so I would hear the way she was getting promoted or the way they were getting promoted, like this couple, their business is growing so well, some of the most successful this and that. And it's like, their stale second leg can't even go back over seven years later, and they're some of the fastest growing, like, this is so fake. It made me so mad. Like, this is literally, it's a house of cards. And anyway, so I guess I'm going to be the gust of wind, maybe. I don't know. But anyway.
0: So you see this as a house of cards. You see all of these things. These scams are happening within the scams. The people above you that are stacking sales and things to hit ranks, Mm -hmm. that they're not actually qualifying for, that aren't actually real. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete.me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete.me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private, by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeletemecom slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeletemecom slash MLM, code MLM. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly, nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy, and it's all about getting as many people as possible to, that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but there's still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts? Registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes, and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See you at the polls.
1: Yes, exactly. And then all the employees at the company are like watching out the windows, like what's going on? And then we would go have, then we would go somewhere where they would take a a sledgehammer to their alarm clock.
0: (laughs) So leaving and deciding to be out, how long was it before you decided that you were anti-MLM and wanted to start speaking out against multi-level marketing?
1: I mean, it was years. So One of the things that I think put that into place was this is actually before I quit, but like when Rodan and Fields became really big, I have this irrational, like I hate them more than the rest of them. I don't know why. Probably because I felt like they were threatened. They were a threat to me. I was, I focused my sales on the high-end skincare and then here they come with their obviously edited before and afters and, oh, and like, infiltrating all the mom groups on Facebook. And I'm not supposed to post on Facebook about my business. And then here they come stealing all the people before I have a chance to like get to know them one-on-one and prospect them myself. So I was already becoming like anti all the other MLMs and believing everything about like, you know, cause we would have trainings on how, you know, Amway is the only one that's good. And here's what's wrong with all the other ones. Like there were literally seminars on comparing Amway to other MLMs, um, like when the other ones were starting to rise and become popular. So I was really against the way that people were just like splashing it all over social media. And I was trying really hard to not come off that way. And I think eventually I realized like, no, even though I, I mean, I wasn't hay hunting people and I wasn't sending cold messages. Um, but I was doing the same thing. And so then I was like, okay, I'm not a fan of this industry at all anymore. Um, And I think that's when I sort of started like allowing myself to realize the harm I had caused to my downline. Um, And I don't know, it was just, just took a lot of time. and, And then at some point, I don't know how I stumbled across, I don't know, like, you know, those tag groups on Facebook, it was like, sounds like MLM, but okay. So I think what, you know, it's probably years after I left, but, you know, somebody's trying to sell something in a group and then someone tags that. And I went to the, I went to the group and it was like a little bit toxic. Like I was in one of those groups for a while. And then I got shunned for like, I don't remember what I said. I mean, I wasn't trying to like defend my MLM. I think I was still processing. I was still deprogramming. And I said something and they like muted me. And then people just dogpiled me and I was you're like,
0: probably not 100% anti MLM,
1: right? Of course. No, I wasn't. I was like, anti-curious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anti-MLM curious. And right. I was like looking for a safe community to explore that. And that wasn't That's it. one
0: of my main problems with the Facebook groups is a lot of them can be toxic and, and it's hard to find a group when you're still in and you just have questions Right. Um, and you're not completely out yet and you don't see all of the pieces for what they are. And, um, right. I think that those groups can actually sometimes push people back into MLM because they're like, well, these people are very, like very toxic to me, right. attacking just me. Either. And I'm just asking like, questions. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if, if you're on the fence and you're looking for groups, sometimes you got to look for a couple different ones. There's some good ones out there that are a little bit more compassion-based. You just well, got to look I mean, for them now.
1: I think I'm, I'm good now. I'm passing kind of now. But,
0: <laughs> no, I mean um, like anyone listening. <laughs> oh,
1: just us talking. This is a podcast. Right. I know.
0: You're like, wait a second. I'm on a show. I completely forgot. I know. It just feels like talking, huh?
1: It does. It does. Um, but, you know, at some point I realized, like, I want to come clean to my downline that I care about, um, which it. To be honest, it wasn't all of them. There were plenty of people that I was like, "Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to pretend to be your friend anymore." But um but there were some that I was like, you know, they really didn't seem to want to keep in touch with me, and then I was like, "Wow, I should probably let them know like that I've realized how problematic all this was and like apologize for the role that I played." So, I've done that with some people, um and that's gone well. And so I feel like, you know, now I don't really need like an external anti-MLM community per se. Because the people that I really needed to come clean with, I have. And I've also come clean with, I had some like recurring customers that were, you know, friends that wanted to be supportive and that like products and whatnot. And I also reached out to all of them and told them like, hey, I feel pretty icky about this business now. Um, Like,
0: With your Instagram account, Once Upon a Biz, uh, what what decided, like what made you decide that you wanted to even speak out and, and have an account? where you were sharing and educating people on the the predatory natures of these businesses.
1: You know, and I'm not even, I feel like I should be doing so much more with that account. Like, I just don't know how I want to quite approach it, but I wanted a place where I could speak honestly and like in response to other people's posts and not have it come back on who I am (laughs) with my real name. Um, So that was why I started it was just to be able to participate anonymously. Um, but then as I've been, you know, uh, consuming more content, I'm like, okay, but Amway's really like Amway is so much worse or so much more, or it's just like the layers go deeper or whatever it is. I just felt like there's a story that isn't being told. And so few people that have been in Amway will tell it because of the very, very, very deep levels of brainwashing. And I feel like people stay in so much longer and, so I feel like it was important to, you know, it was important to be able to show like this side of it.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I I feel like in a lot of the interviews I've done, a lot of the people I've talked to, um, I see that culty aspect more with Amway than I have with other multi-level marketing companies.
1: I feel like with the other ones, like it's available to you. You can join the cult, but like you can also still have your business and not join the cult. And with Amway, like you're, you have to be in the cult.
0: It just seems like Amway checks off so many more boxes on the bite model than other MLMs I've seen.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, It's it's very interesting. So did you use the bite model and go, oh my God, I was in a cult?
1: I mean, I think I already had recognized a lot of those things before I ever came across the bite model. Um, But it was certainly helpful. I think it it removed some of the guilt and shame.
0: Validation, I feel. Sure. And then when you get validation, you think, okay, well, it's not just me. It is a problem. I am a victim and a survivor of this. So do you feel those those feelings as well that you are that you were a victim of this and that you're a survivor speaking out to help others.
1: I mean, yes, but I I don't know. Like that doesn't that label doesn't feel I don't feel necessarily like empowered or strengthened by that label, but I also do think that it fits. Um I don't know. I guess because because we were making money much of the time, I think I feel as much a perpetrator as a victim. Um and I think there were lots and lots of times when I knew that I should be thinking critically, but instead I was like, no, I want to just follow this example that's being set. I want to, not that it was easy, but I want to like take the mentally easy road. So I don't know. I, I mean, I can see where, I can see where people, you know, told me things that were false and whatnot, but honestly, the people that were telling me those things at the time believed them too.
0: So Right. You know. It's very insidious. You know, we all, like I said, it's, we're, we're all cogs in this machine and we all yeah. have our roles and we all have, you know, the things that we're supposed to do in our tasks. And one of the main things in an MLM is having faith in the MLM, a faith of something you can't see, faith that if you were to work as hard as everybody says you need to work, that you will eventually achieve this very unachievable dream. You know, I, it's unfortunate.
1: Maybe, maybe I'll get there to where I feel that way. I don't know. I mean, in, in in some ways I do, because like, I guess it's just like, and especially with Amway, I feel like they're so careful. They don't tell you the thing that you do that you regret. They just, it's just part of the culture and part of the training for months and years until you just naturally do it. And like, oh, well, no one told you to. Right. Well,
0: Amway, uh, any company, any company, and I use that term very loosely, uh, you know, that's why they have policies and procedures in place. That's why they have former FTC heads and writing their, their policies and procedures and sitting on their compliance boards because they know, they know that they have to be squeaky clean, absolutely squeaky clean. Right. So you're never going to find any quote unquote fault with these with these guys because right. they know they they literally help write the rules so they know what tightrope they can and can't walk right the problem is that they allow their consultants to disseminate false information and they don't stop it and yeah. then when it's come when it's brought to the attention like hey these people are false income claims false health claims false whatever that these people are saying then the company goes whoa, 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 whoa. well they don't they're not representative of us because look at here's our policies and procedures and we've well, been following the rules
1: development. that's separate from amway that's not us yeah
0: we can't control what they say we'll have a talking with them
1: yeah yeah so i guess i would say if i feel like a victim of anybody it's more a victim of amway and yeah well Yeah. I don't know. And of like leadership team development overall, but I just, I don't know. I mean, we're
0: all perpetrators and we're all victims.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know,
0: 99.7% of people, you know, fail. So I'm assuming 99.7% of people are are victims in some way, even if you did make a little bit of money, you know, even if you did make money, you're still a victim in the way, in the mindset and the cult that you're in and the person you became changing almost every single core value of yourself to fit what this company wanted you to be. Yeah. No questions asked.
1: Yeah, no, I see that. I see that. I guess it's like, it's like, I couldn't say that any one person did that to me. Maybe that's the hang up for me. It's really, it's just like the whole system. And it is. It yeah, is, it's, it's like,
0: absolutely the whole system.
1: Yeah, it is the whole system. I mean, and not even just like the political and the religious stuff, Um, like I dropped out of grad school halfway through grad school because like (laughs) I don't even know like my class schedule conflicted with when I wanted to be building the business and I didn't want to be like I basically figured well I'm gonna get big enough in the business I mean because I was I was making some income and I was like well by the time I would finish grad school which I'm paying for I will be making enough money to not be working anyway. So why am I racking up grad school debt when I could just stop that and just get a regular job? Um, so like that was a weird decision, which I regret.
0: <laughs> There's, there I, are a lot of sunk costs and opportunity yeah. costs being in multi-level yeah. marketing. Unfortunately, it goes with the territory. But I'm glad that you're out and I'm glad that you're speaking out and that you're- you're sharing your story because it's, it's valuable and it's important. And I think people need to hear it.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's different enough. Um, and when I left grad school, like, of course I was widely heralded, you know, like I was an example of somebody being committed and understanding what I was trying to do for my future. And I think I even got like, Invited to a couple of like special meetings and stuff like that, like access, like the Scientology thing, like access to higher levels of training because I was making these decisions, stuff like that. I feel like there's like a couple of other things that I want to make sure that I talk about. In, yeah, this. is there
0: anything else that you want to say that we haven't talked about that you definitely wanted to share before we wrap everything up?
1: Have you seen any episodes of On Becoming a God in South Florida?
0: No, only because I don't have Showtime.
1: Me neither. But the first two episodes are on YouTube.
0: Oh, they are? Okay, well, then I definitely need... I know that that's a show about Amway.
1: It has to be.
0: Yeah, Uh, 100%.
1: I watched the first episode, and they have the guy's retirement party. And I was like, where's the candid camera? Like, I am being punked. I've literally been to, like, this retirement party what the fuck is going on? It is a hundred percent based on Amway.
0: And I- Are did, retirement is a thing in Amway? Like when you quit your J-O-B and you go full-time me, with Amway?
1: Let me tell you. And actually people, so you would get your uplines like permission to quit your job. Like you would have to show all your financial information to your upline and get their blessing on if it was smart to leave your job. And then, you know, because you're a grown up and you can't figure it out on your own. Um, and then it would get scheduled and it would be talked about for weeks in advance. And most of the time, what they did is you would, you wouldn't tell your boss until like right then, some of them, um, you would have limos booked and you would have, we were expected to take off of work to go to people's retirement parties. And so seriously, and like, oh, by the way, yeah, all of your time off, all your days off from your job, we're going to functions, going to retirement parties. No one has time for vacations because all your paid time off or even all the days off you're allowed are going to these things. But so what would happen is um, the the person who was retiring would like change into like a special outfit and hundreds of us would show up in the parking lot. We would have made signs the night before, like-
0: What would have... a big fat hit of dopamine that must have been for oh, everyone yeah. attending and the person celebrating.
1: Oh yeah. And you, even there were people that would dress up like Uncle Sam and pe- it was like this whole big patriotic thing. And we would like meet at some other location nearby. And then we would like march chanting. Like, I'm trying to think of one of the examples, like Vanessa, we we set Vanessa free. Okay. So we're marching up, set Vanessa free, set Vanessa free.
0: Chanting you know- is part of the bite model as well.
1: Oh, oh there was lots of group <laughs> chanting. <laughs> at at trainings oh yeah and at these retirement parties set Vanessa free and with and we're holding posters and hundreds of us literally and then a limo with Vanessa's husband pulls up and he gets out and and we're all cheering wildly and he goes in and scoops her up
0: like officer in a gentleman style before phones were our alarm clocks (laughs) we had these things called alarm clocks and they plugged into the wall next to our beds
1: (laughs) in case some of your listeners are younger than me because I'm sure some are (laughs) back before every electronic device you needed was your phone (laughs) and
0: yeah yeah. we used to we used to have all different electronic devices (laughs) for all the things that our phone does now as one thing
1: yes so the alarm clock was the device that you would set and it would beep at you and you would get mad at it and so when you retired, you would take a sledgehammer to it because it wasn't going to ruin wow, your Wow,
0: because you didn't need an alarm clock anymore because you're your own boss now. That's
1: right. And you have <laughs> to stay up two or three in the morning building your business. But anyway, um, oh yeah. So let's see, wait, there was another thing I didn't want to miss either. Ah, oh, there's so many things. Oh, okay, okay, here we go. So there was all the toxic positivity, yes. But amongst just the men, there was toxic masculinity and like giving people really disgusting levels of crap for not, I I don't even know. So, um, so at these different weekends that were like qualified for certain levels, all the people that were there would write postcards to their downline. Now the women would write encouraging postcards. I mean, they were super lame, like, you're going to be here soon. You know, can't wait to have you here. Um, and that's supposed to be motivating. Like, wow, can't wait to sit on a pool chair and write these postcards too. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the guys, and I didn't know this at the time, the guys would write completely different ones. And I actually, hang on. My, my, Um, One of my old downline texted this one to me. So let me look at it.
0: I can't wait to hear what it's.
1: I didn't know this this until years later. Okay, so just let me give you a little context. Her husband um, was actively in the army. He was not on a deployment at the time. So he was like living with her, but he had already been deployed to Iraq and to Afghanistan. Okay, so- for a company that is all patriotic and like we love the military, we love police, this postcard still just makes me like livid and I just want to hurl. So, um, well, I'll just use his first name. It says, Steve, change out of the skirt and man up and get the job done. This wow. This is to an active member of our military who has gone overseas to Iraq and Afghanistan.
0: Wow.
1: There's three different people wrote on this. The other another one says, start running the race rather than blaming it on the race, get it done. Which I don't even know what that means, but that guy quit too, so it's fine. (laughs) Um and then a third person who I think also quit, and this is offensive. There was a lot of like offensive joking. This says, Steve, foreigners can do it too. Your baby boy needs a man for a dad, not a male.
0: What?
1: Right. Because he was, and actually, I mean, he was an American citizen. He just happened to have a different ethnicity and his wife was pregnant and due with a baby boy soon. And this is the kind of encouragement that comes from that people. Is so who-
0: toxic.
1: And like, but he didn't, like, he didn't complain about it or he didn't, you know, think it was wrong. It was just like, Oh, boys being boys.
0: Yeah. No,
1: no. Disgusting. Um. Yeah. So that like that, just this idea that you're a real man, if you have a big business, but nothing else can make you a real man. Like what?
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, so I've, I've interviewed men that were in MLMs on the show before. And I hear that as the ways that they're preyed upon, like, don't you want to be a man? A man would have this successful business so that you know, you could provide for the family you want one day. Yeah. And it's so toxic. And yeah. here we have it in Amway, too. That and toxic it's, masculinity, it's, that it's, masculinity that yeah. it's just, it beats men down, too. It's just horrible.
1: Yeah. It's like your entire worth is how you are in the business. Forget the fact that you just traded like two years of your life to serve our country in the military overseas, which the men writing this certainly didn't do. The men, the men writing that postcard, what do they do, right? They tell people to buy products.
0: Yeah, belittling other men to make themselves feel more masculine. It's just disgusting.
1: Totally, totally disgusting. Ugh,
0: I hate hearing that, but that's why we're exposing it, right? So people can yeah. be like, hey, yeah. that's happening in my MLM too. I think I'm going to email her.
1: Yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> totally. Wow. Well, thank you, like... We could probably talk forever about like the most ridiculous stories ever. Um, Thank you so much for, for talking to me. Um, I'm going to do the rapid fire questions and and let's, let's see what you think. Let's see what you, what advice you have to give us. Okay. All right. So one word that encompasses how you feel about MLM. Misleading. Yeah. (laughs) It's putting it mildly. Totally. One warning to someone who wants to join an MLM.
1: It is a hundred percent. Not what you think it is. Run.
0: Yeah. Definitely not what you signed up for. No. Worst MLM in your opinion. And I know you already said it, but you can say it again.
1: I mean, I don't know if I actually think Rodan and Fields is the worst anymore, but I was really feeling pissy about them when they were competition.
0: So what do you think? Who do you, who's your least favorite now?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. I mean, probably Amway, honestly, because just, it seems so much more controlling and culty than everything else that now that I'm out of it and have distance, it's just like, how did I allow that? you to see own- all
0: of it now? And you're yeah. just like, what did yes. I get myself into? Yeah. The hardest lesson that you learned while in MLM.
1: <sighs> I think experiencing being gaslit would be the hardest lesson um my immediate upline once they were a couple the husband is very he's just so outgoing and he has such charisma and but he's not so he's hmm, not so good with like finite details and he'll just kind of screw things up and then when you're like oh well I thought this oh no you got that wrong oh I did. Anyway, there's a whole other story with that that I won't even bother getting into right now. But yeah, I just, the experience of being gaslit by somebody who at times would be such a friend and then would make me feel so stupid was the hardest lesson.
0: Yeah, I also experienced that, unfortunately. Uh, And then I think one of my favorite questions on the show is a positive takeaway from MLM that you still use today
1: and I do, I actually have a very clear one. Um, I was, within the culture of LTD, I was exposed to people that were homeschooling, and just people that were, like, raising their kids in a way that made sense to them versus the mainstream, Um, and that has stuck with me, and I've always questioned, like, well, is this the right thing to do for my kids just because this is, like, what we do, what everyone does, or do I need to take a different path? And, I actually have three kids now. Um, but my oldest, he's just like, he's a little different. He's a little quirky and, um, uh, like he's gifted, but then has ADHD anyways. So regular school would really have been a bad fit for him. And the fact that I wasn't hung up on, Oh, well, he's supposed to go to regular school. Like that was immensely helpful. And then during COVID, it was very easy for me to say, great, well, my kids just, like, we're just not going to school. I will homeschool. We're not, like, doing computers and whatever. Um, And no offense to anyone that needs to do that. Like, I'm not trying to judge at all. I was just very relieved that for me, there was no mental hurdle when it came to what was going to make the most sense for me with my kids.
0: I, I love hearing that, that you found a community within your MLM um, and connected with people and learned new things that you were able to utilize outside of MLM that actually worked well for you. And that's yeah. great to know that your son is, is thriving in the educational environment that you've provided for him. That's awesome. Yeah, that that makes me happy. I love hearing that kind of stuff.
1: I mean, and and because of that too, like I actually think we, we had dabbled in homeschooling before COVID and I think we'll probably stick with it um, because it gives us the chance to just like make our own schedule. And again, like that probably came from Amway, like, oh, I'm going to make my own schedule. Well, now I do. Thanks to my husband's well-paying job.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and you guys are still together and, and you're navigating life as a married couple outside of a cult and you're being successful. And that's wonderful too. Yeah. Congratulations on being out and and thriving so much. Yeah, that's great. So wonderful. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for talking to me, spending, spending your Friday evening with me. It was lovely meeting you face to face. Finally. I know that we followed each other on Instagram for a very long time. So I love, I just love that aspect of of doing these because you get to meet somebody and be friends with somebody and learn something about people on a completely different level and and connect. Um, Maybe one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is meeting people like that. So if you're listening to this and you want to tell your story, if you connected and you're like, she needs to know about this MLM, I 100% do need to know about it. And you should definitely email me, Blevins at gmail.com. Let's tell your story. Let's get it out there. Let's end the stigma of failure in this industry. Um, And yes, again, thank you so much. You were such a joy to talk to. And it's very interesting to me how culty Amway is, even more so than literally any of the other MLMs that I've learned and dealt with so far.
1: Yeah. And I, I just, I want, I want people to know so that they don't get involved. And I'm, I'm worried that, you know, I, I hope none of this gets back to people that would be personally offended hearing it from me. And I don't think it will. Um, But I think it's really important that this is out there because like you said, 99.7% of people aren't making money from it. And even if there's other intangible benefits that they're getting while they're part of it, there are other ways to get that value that isn't going to bleed them dry of money.
0: Yeah. And based on my research, even at the the top 50% of Amway, the average that they're making hourly is only $2.50 an hour. Right. And that's the top 50%. The bottom 50% is making less than that.
1: Right.
0: So it's just, it's not a great financial decision and it's not a great mental uh, decision as well. Like we just learned. So just say no,
1: (laughs) just say no to Amway.
0: Thank you so much for listening to life after MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.